Hello and welcome to our first episode of Cut the BS. Today I'm joined by Sophie, one of our recruitment consultants at Latte. In this conversation, we'll be chatting about how hiring managers can interview better, how talent can perform better and nail their interviews, and how hiring managers can also win candidates over. So a lot of ground to cover, Sophie. Welcome. Thank you for having me, darling. So, Soph, this is our first podcast ever. I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> getting the nerves Same. out of the room. Excited. I think we should start with a poll that we ran on our LinkedIn channel um, from Talent. And the question was, what's more off-putting in an interview process? And the three options we gave were an excessive number of interviews, lots of rescheduling of interviews, and an unprepared interviewer. What do you think came out on top as the the most off-putting in an interview process? But I would have said uh, excessive interviews. And what was the other one? Uh, excessive interviews and rescheduling. I would yeah. say they're both, for me, 50-50, but I do know the answer to this one. Why do you think the excessive number of interviews came out on top at 62% of people saying that's the most annoying thing in an interview process? all candidates have probably two to three other agencies that they're interviewing at. So if two to three agencies are doing the two stages and a task, and one agency is doing three, four, even five, you're going to be like, well, by the point I've got to maybe the fourth stage, I've got two offers, plus I'm kind of judging maybe the agency a bit on how many stages I have to get to that thing. Am Am I good enough? Is this always the way? It just prolongs a thing that I think sometimes isn't that ne- like necessary, but I get why people do the four to five, and I have a few clients that do it, is they don't want all of that responsibility to fall on their shoulders. Yeah. So they get more directors or more people. It's like, oh, we've got a collective pool yeah. that can have uh, an opinion on it. I think it's like, imagine if you were really into someone, okay? So mm. you've matched, you've had your first date, you've had your second date, you had... And you're like, okay, where's where's this going? And someone just keeps going on and on with these dates and there's no navigation, no communication really. Yeah. In the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to just aimlessly go and spend money on this date and have drinks for the person where I'm like, where is this heading to mm-hmm. when I could be doing other bits here with my life? Same will apply to this thing. It's like, oh, no, it's like, well, I'm losing excitement now because yeah. you're not you're not navigating this, so you're not clarifying where we stand. So what what's your recommendation? Let's say I'm a hiring manager and I it's my business and I really, or my team, and I really want to get this right. Yeah. And I think that I need to have three stages of interviews. Do you think that's too much? And what do you think I can do to change that? Sure. I guess, look, it's on the individual. It's how you run your company. It's what you're going to come out and feel that you've made the right decision with. So run it how you'd like. But going on that, again, if I'm saying in a competitive way Mm. that you're up against these people, what I would suggest is a two-stage interview and a task. I think also what leads into this, which was the second uh, biggest reason that puts people off an interview process, is an unprepared interviewer. And I think if a... We we chat to so many hiring managers managers and even managing directors where they're going into the interview, they think they know what they want to ask, but they've got about three or four questions that they ask. And then the rest of the interview is either them talking or trying to scramble through to make the interview go longer. And an unprepared interview is off-putting to a candidate because they're saying, well, hold on, I've interviewed with Latte or the recruiter first. I've then done an hour of research. I'm now coming to meet you for an hour and you've got four questions ready to ask me. Yeah. So I think a if you prepare for your interview and you 
look at the CV prior and you know what questions you want to ask yeah. and what you want to drill down into, yeah. that then also means that you're getting a lot more out of those first two interviews. And as you said, make the first interview about getting to know each other, have some broader questions about personality, what they're looking for in their career, where they're heading with all of those things. Yeah. And then use the information from that first stage to prepare for the second stage where you drill deeper into the things that you liked about them, but where your areas of concern are. All right. So, so what do you think... Um, um, what do you think hiring managers need to avoid in terms of interview questions? To be honest, I've never come out going, oh, that was a really weird off-the-cuff question. It's more how you're framing something to someone, right? So, you know, it's when someone said, well, why, why us? But it's how you frame that. Of course you want to I know. can't stand that question. I think it's the way that it's delivered is so pompous sometimes, especially yeah. I think we both know that we've got a, a couple of clients yeah. where the moment the candidate walks in and the client's like, so why do you want a job here? Yeah. And the cat's like, I don't freaking want a job here. I'm here to find out if I want one. You, you tell me why I'm coming here. Exactly. You know, I've got five other people lined up. That Don't do this. Exactly. It's the modesty with it. Like, yeah. of course you want to know. Like I've always said that my example, when I have clients who are more likely to ask mm. a question like that, more likely to put people pops on the back foot, that's what it feels like. I always say most of the time it's a founder of an agency. Yeah. And a founder is, and you'll know yourself, like, it's it's an, an extension of you. So it's like yeah. a child. So if you were going, if I was interviewing you and you were a babysitter and I had a, a child and I was like, well, have you ever, what's your, um, why why this family? Why, what what about the child? You're like, oh, well, no, I don't really like children. You'd be like, oh, pff, fuck off. Basically, yeah. like, I don't want to have you looking after my child. Yeah. Or if, you do, if it's a dog sitter and I came and said, so why do you like dogs? Oh, no, I like cats. It's like you're trying to ask a question to yeah. get it, to make sure I can trust you with the most precious thing. Yeah. Can I trust you with it? Don't know. So you're asking that question, but it's the way you go about asking that I question. I totally agree. And I think it is because when you make a bad hire, especially these are some of the small to mid-sized agencies that has such a financial impact on the business. Sure. And it's also the time and effort to train someone. But I think there is a way to go about it. But the funny thing is when I'm interviewing for Latte, all of the advice I give clients goes out the window. I'm like, why, don't they, why haven't they accepted within 45 minutes of receiving the job offer? Okay. And I want to know why they want to work at Latte. So if you're a hiring manager yeah. and you really just want to understand why someone wants to work at the business, what a, what's the way of going about asking that? It'd be something like, so how come, how did you, how did you stumble across us? Or what about the agency caught your eye? Yeah. And it's in a really nice way of being like, it's not like why ask compared to everyone else. It's yes. just like, what, what about it that interests you? Because yeah. again, it's just intriguing. And it's also feedback. You can always say, like, we just love to hear the feedback about what, what stands out about our agency. And it yeah. just makes it a lot less intense and easygoing. Totally but, agree. And, Sorry, yeah. The way that you just said that, it sounds more like you're just being inquisitive rather than it's an interview question that I'm ticking off. Like they gave an exactly. answer as to why they want to work here. Tick, let's move on to the next thing. Totally. That's the thing about questions. When you're wanting to ask those kind of questions, you don't want it to make it seem like it's part of the interview still. You want that to be an easygoing question where someone open up and actually be really truthful about it. So you might, you know, you might be in that interview where someone goes, to be honest, I'd never heard of you before. But once Sophie was on the phone and she said, look, she said, I saw some of the campaigns you're doing, it looked insane. Mm. And it really opens up a conversation for that which is human you know? yes I think that's really good advice for candidates as well often I'll find a candidate will come to me and they'll be like okay what question should I ask 
be the interviewer or the hiring manager. I'm like, just be yourself. If you don't have any questions to ask because they've covered all of the ground, just state that. Just say, you've covered everything I need to know. I feel really good about the interview so far and I would love to hear from you. Um, Or ask questions that you genuinely want to know something about. If you're going in and you're asking a premeditated question that they've already covered off, it's going to look a little bit shit, to be honest, you know. Sophie, um, I would really like to know what the clients are going to be on this account. I've already told you that. So then it shows that you don't have active listening skills. Yeah. I was just reading on our our prompt cards because I was thinking about interview experiences. And (laughs) remember when you interviewed a candidate and he was in bed? Yeah. (laughs) And when we're on the topic of like what not to do an interview, either for a client or a candidate, tell me about that. I think, stupidly, it was actually really early on with my time at last. So maybe perhaps I'll take some of the ownership. Even what, for I'm, someone being in bed yeah. <laughs> to interview? <laughs> were they flat-faced with their chin, like, you know? They were literally in 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 bed originally, like, with the duvet up here, topless, <laughs> with the laptop like that. And then... And then he decided to go onto his side with the thing here. And I remember just being, and I remember, obviously, not, I probably should have just been like, I'm really sorry this isn't appropriate. I don't know. Like, I was, it was early on in my thing at last, so I didn't have, now I'd probably be like, you know, I don't know. Mm. Do you want to do this another time? Probably suggest, do you want to do it another time? But I literally continued doing the whole pre-screen process, but like really taking no notes because like there's absolutely zero way that I'm putting you forward. And the funniest thing is I didn't put him forward, but he never like chased being like, did you put me? forward for any of those roles which is anyway that's so funny that was uh yeah i had one actually walk into the interview and give the interviewer a big hug before they started the interview which i'm all for a hug with a client meeting where you build a relationship but straight off the bat it was a bit yeah yeah exactly i don't if i didn't have like a but it's weird isn't it because actually in in the defense of were they were like an intern was it a junior level no so okay i was gonna say in a defense of you know how we do if we introduce someone and you might not have never met them before you go oh hi yeah but we've met them over zoom no, I'm oh, not you're that. in life, I'm in life. I see. Like, yeah, so it's that you. automatic thing where yeah. you're like, oh, hello. You're like at your birthday party, I gave all of them a hug. Yeah, and we were all like freak. No, yeah, but that's a social setting. <laughs> Get off with them. Um, and then so. I proceeded to interview them. Multiple and questions. Day to day. But no, I think, like, I wouldn't do it. But then in yeah. the defense of, like, if it's that automatic, like, I don't, have you ever done it actually? Because there's been once where you know, like, you're on the phone. And I always say to my mum, uh, lots of love, bye. Yes. And I, the other day, I don't know who I was on the call with, and thank God, just before I was like, look, and I was like, um, yes. Yeah. So no, I did that. Her. You did? When I was recruiting accounting and finance, I was the finance director. I was like, all right, bye, love you. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. I wanted the ground to eat me up. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just thought it was funny. Okay. But cool. one of our clients, another... <laughs> <laughs> they were <laughs> they were literally eating their sandwich on the go whilst interviewing the candidate on their phone on the train. The full like double chin thing going on, and the candidate just got off and was like, "What the fuck was that?" Do they like it? So, this is the thing that that can go one or two ways. So I'm like, do you know what, boss, boss bitch, doing something yeah. on the train and like doing everything. So I would love it. Yeah. See, I would yeah. be like, do you know what, as long as it wasn't like. 
it's making sure a candidate feels um, appreciated for their time. And that, yeah. could be, that could be interpreted in two ways. Like, you're kind of being like, oh, if I have to, I'll eat my something. Like, yeah, what do you want to say kind of thing. Or it could be like, look, so keen to get this booked in, but I'm doing two things. It's like how you present that situation to someone. I, I agree. If you're a hiring manager and you're listening to this, I think the key things you need to do is remember that an interview is a two-way street. Yeah. 50% of that interview should be you pitching the opportunity. This is why we're a great place to work. Yeah. This is what the role is going to entail. Yeah. And also be real with them as well. These are the parts that we're working on or that aren't fixed yet or the realities of life at our business. Yeah. Because you don't want them to oversell just like you don't want a candidate to oversell. Yeah. And then... The other 50% should be you being really well prepared in terms of what you want to drill down into that can's experience. So block out half an hour or an hour before an interview and really review a CV and be prepared to ask questions. And remember, you're trying to get a sense of who that individual is as a person. If you treat them like they are chatting to a CEO of a client of yours and expecting them to counsel on the spot, then you're not going to get the best out of that, that talent. Um, and I also think that you should wrap up that interview with what the next steps are. And I think sometimes being really honest at the end of an interview is quite refreshing. Every time I've said to a candidate, this is what you really did well in and impressed on, these are the parts where I felt you were lacking. They always say, oh, wow, I've never had anyone say that on the spot. And sometimes it gives them a chance to uh, correct uh, maybe where things went wrong or show self-awareness and say, actually, you're spot on, Dean. Um, I don't have experience in that all. X, Y, and Z. Totally. Any other tips you think on for hiring managers to, to nail an interview? Questions, I think, are the, the main thing for me. Come prepared, know what you're asking, and make sure, like a date, you want to come back out going, will we have a second date, yes or no? I feel like we could do a whole podcast on how to interview because to layer questions, people, I feel like it takes practice. Yes. So you could ask someone, tell me about your media relations experience. And then normally when we ask that, they will then say, oh, I've got journalist contacts here and here. I write press releases and it gives no information. It sounds very similar to every other account manager or account exec that you're interviewing. So then you dig deep and you're like, tell me about a story that you pitched and it just wasn't getting traction. How did you tailor that story and that headline to then get that? And that's where you start to get into the juices of that. And then was that your role or how, did you need to get approval from an account manager on that? So just on media relations, if I'm digging and digging and digging, I'm building a picture where I think a lot of hiring managers just say, tell me about media relations, tick. Tell me about, uh, do you manage client relationships? Yes. Have you had a difficult client? Yes. And it's they're not layering those questions because in an interview account, sometimes, some, sometimes is nervous. And by you digging a bit deeper for examples, that's where you get the real, you know, the, the real kind of information and insight. I think def it's such a good point because I think, you know, when we, because we're doing it day in, day out, but I remember when I first started doing it, the big thing you said, don't be afraid to repeat yourself and yeah. get that person out. And I think if you're not doing it on a day-to-day basis, you're just like, maybe they can't. And then you might actually get it wrong and think they haven't answered the question. But actually what you need to do, because we always say, but how did you go about it? So you're going, here was the brief. Um, this is what we did, a team. This was the outcome, but ha but not. This is what we did. Yeah. How did you? How did you break that down? What was your thought process behind it? Why did you come out with that? And like, but don't you don't want to spoon feed someone at all. You don't want to be like we no. give them everything. But really, sometimes it's because they're nervous, because they're not used to ever having. Because they're. I always say when you go into an interview, or you're so used to being around PR professionals that have been in the industry for decades, mm. you forget. You just ramble through a brief because you're like, well, I'll know exactly what that means. Yes, that's exactly it. And also when the can when you are almost not spoon 
spoon feeding, but you're digging deeper and you're asking little nuggets of media relations as an example. Tell me about the press release for light, um, writing and you dig and you dig. If they struggle and they're like, I don't understand what you mean, well, then you're like, okay, I, this is starting to become a red flag because I've asked five different ways for an example and they keep giving a top-line answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So then on the flip side, if we were to give talent some key tips, one of my top tips always is to interview better, just be yourself. Stop trying to be a professional version of yourself. And it's difficult. Like even on this podcast being the first time, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to like put a professional but fun forward and get the balance right. But yeah. if you just rock up and be yourself, yeah. that's what people are going to see 70% of the time because you're not in a client meeting or all day long. You know, they're, they're going to see you, not a professional version of yourself. What other tips would you give talent? So reasons for leaving. I think this is like, yes. I think we all feel we've been told all different scenarios in the past. Like, well, you know, you don't say that because it's, it's going to look bad in your next job or you don't want to get, yes. get the wrong idea so much. Let fun. me give you this one and tell me what you think. Uh, I'm just, you know, I've been there two years and I feel like, and I'm an account manager and I feel like uh, my I'm just no longer growing the agency. I'm not learning anything else. What do you think that says to a client? Red flag. Yeah, why? Imagine if you were on a date, okay, and I was to ask you something like, oh, so how did your last relationship end? Oh, you know, it just didn't work out. I'd be like, well, he obviously cheated. When you don't give it, it looks like the ownership's on you. So when you do that topic, it's not culture fit. It wasn't this. It's like, well, actually, it looks like you're making an excuse for the reason. Yeah, tell me why. Give me the specifics. Tell me why. And I think... That one, I've said it before, but everyone's, re and usually it isn't, the ownership isn't on them, but they're too scared. So someone did say the other day, oh, it's not a culture fit for me. And I said, well, I said, to be honest, that straight away goes to me. Culture fit is like an umbrella yeah. of so many different things. So you're talking about such a range of issues that, so, but when someone says culture fit, I said, to be honest with you, I said, that sounds like it's on you by use, using just that top thing. So I said, let's go into it. And we went, we were talking about it for about 10 minutes and so much comes out about it. Mm. But basically they were like, I'm in this agency and it's very um, left or right wing. I can't remember when it is. It's right wing. Right wing. Yeah. Um, they were like, it's very right wing. There's kind of that racial slurs going on, the mm. stuff going on. And they were like, I, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And I said, well, then that's totally okay for you to talk about. Yeah. Because by you saying that, it does make someone question like, well, are you going to come into our age? That's the other thing you've got to picture. Are you going to come into my agency and go, the culture's not great here? Unless you elaborate and say what that is, yes. no one's going to be able to empathize with you. And I think a lot of the time in an interview, when I found where people have said reasons for leaving, people are like, oh, I know, I've heard so much about that agency. Oh, I know exactly what you mean because I had it my last one. Actually, you have a conversation over reasons for leaving. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Be honest, but use your, if you're using a recruiter or even if you're navigating this on your own, make sure when you're going into it, never sound bitter about your agency because that if you go and going, oh, it's just, I've, and I've had that once before when the person was like, great, but the reasons for me, I can't go forward because they were too bitter. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to bring that, thinking someone, you're going to bring that into their agency. Yeah. But be be honest yes be honest and be commercial i think yes. it's the balance yes. between the two so if you feel like your your growth is stunted yeah typically if you're an account manager that that or an account exec you're still got you know another six levels to grow into 
what is it that's stunting that growth? Do you know what? It's actually the hiring manager. I don't feel like they've got my back. This is what's happened. Or actually, there's no structured training development program. It's too slapdash. And I'm really feeling like I'm lacking in these areas. There's always something specific. And you can always word that in the right way. And that eliminates any of the questions that a hiring manager says, oh, I don't really know why they're leaving. They go, exactly, yep. And it helps you because they might have a really slapdash training program. And then they can be honest with you and say, do you know what my concern is? We also have a slapdash training program and then therefore you know that it's not right for you yeah yeah um and the other big tip that we give talent is or uh, that i give talent is that you need to almost interview the interviewer because as we've said most people come unprepared to interview someone yeah so if you go in with some questions about the role and then resonate back experience your experience that helps lead and guide the interview so what are you looking for in this account director uh, person, what skills do they need to have? Oh, actually, I've done that here, here, and here, or I don't have experience in that, but I'd love to learn. That gives you a chance to drop that feedback in because so many times we get client feedback where they're like, mm, Sally didn't have the experience we were looking for. And then we speak to Sally and she's like, honestly, Bob never asked me. <laughs> and we're like, and then we're going to go, we're going to go back to Bob and say, Bob, you never asked Sally. And then it's just the whole thing's dead in the water. Oh, please get a client called Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Sophie. <laughs> if you found this conversation useful, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. And we hope you'll join us for a future episode. Bye for now. Bye.